This is The World in Brief from The Economist. Our top stories. During Emmanuel Macron's state visit to America, Joe Biden said he was prepared to speak with Vladimir Putin, as Mr. Macron has, if the Russian president signaled an interest in ending the war in Ukraine. Mr. Biden also said he would address glitches in the Inflation Reduction Act, a packet of subsidies for clean energy that the French president fears will disadvantage European manufacturers. Ukraine has lost between 10,000 and 13,000 soldiers since the war began, according to a senior official. Mikhailo Podoliak, an advisor to Volodymyr Zelensky, Ukraine's president, also suggested that around 100,000 Russian soldiers have been killed. Meanwhile, Ukraine's army said Russia is using nuclear-capable missiles armed with non-explosive warheads to exhaust the country's air defence systems. China began adjusting to what the country's Covid czar, Sun Chunlan, called a new stage in the fight against the virus after a wave of protests. Authorities in two major cities, Chengdu and Tianjin, announced a further easing of Covid curbs. Meanwhile, Kristalina Georgieva, head of the IMF, said China's Covid strategy would be critical in determining Asia's economic future amid an exceptionally uncertain outlook. America, Japan and South Korea imposed sanctions on senior North Korean officials linked to the country's ballistic missile program, following the country's testing of its largest intercontinental ballistic missile in November. The three individuals targeted by America have been under EU sanctions since April. China and Russia have thwarted attempts to impose further sanctions on the hermit state. Inflation in America rose less than expected in October according to the metric favoured by the Federal Reserve. The core Personal Consumption Expenditures Price Index, which excludes food and energy, increased by 0.2% from the previous month, after having risen by 0.5% in September. Personal spending jumped by 0.8% in October, a sign that consumers appear undaunted by rising interest rates. David Malpass, the president of the World Bank, warned that the growing debt burden of poor countries is increasing the risk of defaults. Mr Malpass said poor countries owe their creditors $62 billion this year, about 35% more than in 2021. He called for better debt restructuring processes, especially from China, the biggest creditor to poor countries. Football World Cup Japan advanced to the next stage after upsetting Spain. Despite the loss, the Spaniards squeezed through on goal difference at the expense of Germany, the four-time champions. They will face Morocco, who reached the knockout round for the first time since 1986. Today, Cameroon and Ghana will hope to join them when they face Brazil and Uruguay, respectively. And fact of the day. 5%. The proportion of Britons that now regularly go to church. And now here's a deeper look at the day ahead. The Trump Organization on Trial On Friday, the closing arguments in a criminal trial of two units of the Trump Organization are expected to conclude. The real estate company owned by Donald Trump, a former president, is charged with crimes including conspiracy, tax fraud, and falsifying business records. Jurors heard Alan Weisselberg, the company's chief financial officer, 
admit to concealing $1.76 million of bonus income, including payment of rent for an apartment and private school tuition. Donald Bender, who managed the organization's taxes for 35 years, said that he probably would have had a heart attack had he known about the payments. Prosecutors allege that the company engaged in a long-running tax avoidance scheme. The defense maintains that neither Mr. Trump, who is not charged with wrongdoing, or his family knew, and that the company did not benefit from it. But if convicted on all counts, the Trump organization could face $1.6 million in fines. Separately, New York State's Attorney General has filed a lawsuit against Mr. Trump and his family, which accuses them of staggering fraud and seeks damages of at least $250 million. They deny the charges. That case is expected to go to trial next year as Mr. Trump's presidential campaign gets going. British Politicians Visit Taiwan On Friday, a group of British lawmakers will conclude a visit to Taiwan designed in part to assess the effectiveness, or not, of Britain's foreign policy in the region. They met Tsai Ing-wen, the president, to affirm Britain's strong cultural and trading ties with the self-governing island that China regards as part of its territory. The British delegation is the latest in a string of international guests that Mr. Tsai has welcomed since a visit by Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of America's House of Representatives, enraged China in August. Miss Tsai has been keen to demonstrate her strength as a leader, who can garner the global support necessary to fend off an increasingly bellicose China. But after her party's drubbing in local elections last week, she resigned as party leader and will cede some of her platform to her successor. British politicians are increasingly hawkish on China, but they may find a Taiwanese leader who is, at least for now, deflated rather than defiant. Pakistan's $1 billion repayment deadline Jamil Ahmad, the governor of Pakistan's central bank, sounded confident last week when he promised that Pakistan would repay a $1 billion international bond by Friday, three days before it matures on December 5th. If that deadline is met, it will send a signal to international lenders that the country retains some degree of fiscal stability. It needs to. Pakistan's economy is in tatters. The lingering effects of the COVID pandemic, rocketing energy prices, and the previous government's economic mismanagement were compounded over the summer when an unusually strong monsoon deluged the country, causing more than $30 billion of damage and financial losses. Annual inflation was at 23.8% in November. The government is trying to persuade the IMF to release more bailout funds, but the IMF wants proof that officials are making progress on a plan to rebuild after the floods. Pakistan will need an awful lot more than confidence to get out of its current predicament. A Famous Christmas Painting Returns in London This week, The Nativity 
by Piero della Francesca, one of the most popular paintings in London's National Gallery, returns to public view after three years' absence. Painted around 1480, this Christmas card favorite shows an angelic boy band serenading the infant Jesus and his blue-robed mother against a luminous Tuscan landscape. Rugged shepherds and farmyard beasts complete the familiar, charming scene. Yet scholars have long lamented the sorry state of the oil-painted panel, which was purchased by the gallery in 1874. Much of the paint had faded and the figures lacked shadows, plus the bald, sandy foreground led some experts to declare the painting unfinished. The three-year restoration project, led by Jill Dunkerton, the gallery's senior restorer, has healed the wounds inflicted by clumsy 19th-century cleaners. It has also confirmed that the painting is complete. Piero envisaged that earthy Tuscan hilltop as bare and shadowless, an uncluttered stage to better show the brilliant mystic light of Jesus' birth. Art lovers can now get even more enjoyment from Piero's blend of the miraculous and the mundane. The Rubbish Problem of Plastic Pollution The first round of negotiations over a global plastic pollution treaty will conclude in Uruguay on Friday. In March, 175 countries endorsed the idea of a UN accord governing plastic waste, which has been found everywhere from the deepest part of the ocean to the tip of Mount Everest. Delegates gathered this week in Punta del Este, a beach town, to decide what the accord should say. Some parties, including Britain, Canada, the EU, and Switzerland, want the treaty to be binding and to set a goal of stopping plastic pollution by 2040. America agrees with the aim but favors voluntary action and doesn't want new curbs on production. Some 19% of the world's plastic is made in North America, 31% in China. Plastic pollution causes about $100 billion worth of damages and cleanup costs each year, according to one estimate. Just 9% of the stuff is recycled. But countries have until the end of 2024 to finalize the accord. An effective one is far from being in the bag. Daily Quiz Our baristas will serve you a new question each day this week. On Friday, your challenge is to give us all five answers and, as important, tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home, city, and country by 1700 GMT on Friday to quizespresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown one winner per continent on Saturday. Friday Which Nathaniel Hawthorne novel tells the story of Hester Prynne? Thursday Which San Francisco park hosted a Beatles concert in 1966 as well as a Paul McCartney gig, the last event at the site, in 2014. The winners of last week's crossword. Thank you to everyone who took part in our weekly crossword published in the weekend edition of Espresso. The three winners, chosen at random, were 
Rav Kiran Kota, Houston, United States. Alessandro Coloni, Bergamo, Italy. Nicarica Mitra, Dubai, United Arab Emirates. They all gave the correct answers of Anwar Ibrahim, Arabic, Intel, and Madrid. Check back tomorrow for this week's crossword. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Philip Larkin, who died on this day in 1985. Life has a practice of living you if you don't live it. That's the world in brief from The Economist, available three times every day of the week. You can also hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, on your podcast app. And subscribers to The Economist have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app to start listening.